0: You're listening to audio from Plank Harvest Church, located in Crossville, Tennessee. If you like more information about our church and its various ministries, please visit our website at www.plankrowharvest.org.
1: Got your Bible, go ahead and be turning to Leviticus, third book of the Bible, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus. Last week, Dale... Spoke on the Feast of Trumpets and uh, the New Year, uh, also called um, Rosh Hashanah, and today we're looking at the following feast, which is um, the Day of Atonement, and uh, that's that's right here around this time. And so, Atonement. What I want to start off with is telling you. What is atonement? Because atonement is a three-syllable word that we don't use too much. And uh, a simple definition of atonement is to repay a debt or to purify. And so we find that this day of atonement was established in the Old Testament book of uh, Leviticus. And so we're going to be looking at that today. I'm going to have Charlie come read that here in a little bit. Uh, Chapter 16 is what we're going to really be focused on. But I'm going to show you a couple other Verses first. Um, so this week I, I met a new couple, um, a couple that uh, moved here from California, and we we started talking. I mean, I was there to give them a quote on on closets and everything, and uh, so we talk about what they want, what they're looking for, and um, as we talk, we we get you know past the closet conversation and to kind of political things why they moved here uh and then that led us into their their religious beliefs and how they had been raised and and what they believe now and so the gentleman he had been raised in a denomination that put very little emphasis on the old testament and almost all of its emphasis on the new testament and he said it wasn't until several years uh into his walk with the Lord or, or being in church that he heard a guest preacher who he, he said he thought he was a Baptist guest, guest preacher and he heard this guy talk out of the Old Testament and it something clicked in his head that caused him to reassess everything he believed and so that made me think about how many people in churches today have probably had that same experience or, or think that same thing in that I think there's probably quite a few people that have heard and believed the Ten Commandments, right? That was law given to the Israelites, but also those same people disregard whole books of the Bible, like Leviticus, because of that very reason. That oh, that was given to the Israelites. Well, what we want to look at today is that all of it is for for us as followers of Jesus. So here at Plant Grow Harvest, we believe what Scripture says about Scripture. And two New Testament scripture proofs that, that uh, say this are Second Timothy 3.16. It says all scripture is breathed out by God and is profitable for teaching and for reproof and correction and for training in righteousness. And then also Jesus, after he's resurrected, he meets these men on the road to Emmaus. And as he's talking to them in Luke 24, we see that it says that Jesus, beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them in all scripture the things concerning himself. And so to be a Christian is to live a life where we die daily to ourselves and we walk and talk as Jesus did. That's our goal. And because Jesus put a major emphasis on the Old Testament and in all the scriptures, so do we here. So, once again, before we jump right into uh, Leviticus, in Hebrews, in the New Testament, it says this, it says in Hebrews chapter ten verse three, but in these sacrifices there is a reminder of sin every year, for it is impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins so i'm I'm showing you that to kind of give you a you know a foreshadowing end before the beginning and so uh as as I heard several times this week, try to keep that top of mind as we read the rest of the scriptures so um <laughs> uh as 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 we look at this, we're going we're gonna to move pretty quickly through Leviticus. And uh, the first thing I want us to see is that Leviticus is the third of five books that Moses wrote. And it's called the Torah or the Pentateuch. And what we're looking at today is the Day of Atonement. And so Leviticus is right in the middle it's, it's Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. And so right in the middle is Leviticus. And then right in the middle of Leviticus, we find this Day of Atonement. And I think it is no mistake that it is purposely put right in the middle of the Torah for for a very important reason. And the Torah is as important uh, today as it's ever been. It's, it's foundational to both uh, Judaism and Christianity. And so just to get you up to speed on what's going on in Leviticus, what we see is that at the end of Exodus, the book right before Leviticus, we see that the Israelites have come to the, mount, the base of Mount Sinai and God had uh, given them the law and the Ten Commandments and they had also built this tabernacle which is called the Ten of Meeting just as God had told them to do. And now the book of Leviticus opens up with Leviticus 1 verse 1 and it says this, The Lord called Moses and spoke to him from the tent of meeting. That's a simple statement, but I want you to see what it says. It's important to notice where Moses is, and it's important to notice where God is. See, Moses is outside of the tent, and God is inside of the tent. Now, the reason for this is because of the impurity and sin that are on Moses and the people and it, this, the sin and impurity, it made them unholy. And just as we sang this morning, God is holy, holy, holy. And he cannot have unholiness around him or in his presence. So the overarching message of all of Leviticus is that God provides a way for unholy people to come into his holy presence. And so chapters 1 through 7, what we see is these directions given for five different types of offerings that are for the people to bring before the priest, that the priest are to offer to the Lord. It's the grain offering, the fellowship offering, the burnt offering, the purification or sin offering, and the guilt offering. And those first two, the grain and the fellowship, they're for thanks. They're they're to give thanks unto the Lord. But the burnt offering and the sin offering and the guilt offering, those are for atonement. And we're going to really be looking at the purification or the sin offering today on the day of atonement. Um, so those are the first seven chapters. God gives direction on how to do these offerings. In chapters 8 through 10, we see the priest. We see Aaron uh, and, and his sons. He has four sons. And they're ordained in how they're to perform. They're told how to perform these duties as priests. And everything looks to be going pretty good. And then all of a sudden, two, Aaron's two oldest sons, they try to, do their, try to do something their way instead of God's way. I mean, you just got all this direction. In, in, in this ordination service, and then the two oldest sons of Aaron, they, they, they take, things in, take things into their own hands. It says in uh, chapter 10, I'll just read it to you, verses 1 and 2, it says, Aaron's sons, Nadab and Abihu, each took his own fire pan and put fire in it, placed incense on it, and presented unauthorized fire before the Lord, which he had not commanded them to do. The fire came from Yahweh and consumed them, and they died before Yahweh. Now, before you write these two off as a couple of uh, goobers that didn't know any better, they just, you, might, you might just be tempted to think, well, they, they, maybe they just got ordained, maybe they don't know what's going on, maybe they don't know who they're dealing with, maybe they don't know Yahweh like they should. And I, I found this really interesting. Uh, if you go back in, in Exodus When all that's going on around Mount Sinai and we see in Exodus 24, we see that Moses and Aaron and uh, uh, Nadab and Abihu and 70 of the elders, they went up and they saw God. They saw God and they sat there and they ate and drank with God and in his presence. So these guys had gone with their daddy and with Moses and 70 other people 70 other men, and gone on the mountain in the presence of the Lord. So they knew who exactly they were dealing with. And so, they know the seriousness of God, yet even in their foolishness, in their flesh, they're like, we're going to take this strange fire into this temple, into the Holy of Holies. We're going to do things our way. And it says that the Lord struck them dead with fire. So, right after they removed these two bodies from the tent, we see the Lord... He continues to give direction through Moses to the people about how to deal with impurities that cause them to be unclean. So in the first seven verses, I mean first seven chapters, we see a lot to deal with sin and and offerings that are to be made towards sin. But in chapters 11 through 15, we see that um, they deal with uncleanliness and impurities of day-to-day life. They deal with uh, sores and illnesses and bodily fluids and death and dealing with things like that. And it's important to note that this impurity is temporary and it's not the same as sin, but it's still a reminder of how the people are constantly covered in unholiness and need the purity of the Holy God. So now that we've talked the long way around Robin Hood's barn on how to get to this point of the Day of Atonement, I want to ask Charlie Alva to come up and read uh, chapter 16 so that we can look at the full text of this chapter and um and then we're going to break it down really quick and then take it straight into communion this morning so charlie if you'll come up and read that please. oh sorry
2: the cover on the Ark, or else he will die, because I appear in the cloud over the atonement cover. This is how Aaron is to enter the sanctuary area, with a young bull for a sin offering and a ram for a burnt offering. He is to put on the sacred linen tunic with a linen undergarments next to his body. He is to tie the linen sash around him and put on the linen turban. These are sacred garments so he must bathe himself with water before he puts them on. From the Israelite community he is to take two male goats for a sin offering and a ram for a burnt offering. Aaron is to offer the bull for his own sin offering to make atonement for himself and his household. Then he is to take the two goats and present them before the Lord at the entrance to the tent meeting, the tent of meeting. He is to cast lots for the two goats, one lot for the Lord and one for the scapegoat. Aaron shall bring the goat whose lot falls to the Lord and sacrifice it for a sin offering, but the goat chosen by Lot as a scapegoat shall be presented alive before the Lord to be used for making atonement by sending it into the desert as a scapegoat. Aaron shall bring the bull for his own sin offering to make atonement for himself and his household. And he is to slaughter the bull for his own sin offering. He is to take a censer full of burning coals from the altar before the Lord and two handfuls of finely ground fragrant incense and take them behind the curtain. He is to put the incense on the fire before the Lord and the smoke of the incense will conceal the atonement cover above the testimony so that he will not die. He is to make some of the bull's blood take some of the bull's blood and with his finger sprinkle it in front of the atonement cover then he shall sprinkle some of it with his fingers 7 times before the atonement cover. He shall then slaughter the goat for the sin offering for the people and take its blood behind the curtain and do with it as he did with the bull's blood. He shall sprinkle it on the atonement cover and in front of it. In this way he will make atonement for the most holy place because of the uncleanness and rebellion of the Israelites. Whatever their sins have been, he is to do the same for the tent of meeting, which is among them in the midst of their uncleanness. No one is to be in the tent of meeting from the time Aaron goes in to make atonement in the most holy place until he comes out, having made atonement for himself, his household, and the whole community of Israel. Then he shall come out of the altar that is before the Lord and make atonement for it. He shall take some of the bull's blood and some of the goat's blood and put it on the horns of the altar. He shall sprinkle some of the blood on it with his finger seven times to cleanse it and to consecrate it for the uncleanness of the Israelites when Aaron has finished making atonement for the most holy place the tent of meeting and the altar he shall bring forward the live goat he shall he is to lay both hands on the head of the live goat and confess over it all the wickedness and rebellion of the Israelites all their sins and put them on the goat's head. He shall send the goat away into the desert in the care of a man appointed for, this, for the task. The goat will carry on itself all the sins to be, to a solitary place. And the man shall release it in the desert. Hmm. Then Aaron is to go into the tent of meeting and take off the linen garments he put on before he entered the most holy place. And he is to leave them there. He shall bathe himself with the water in a holy place and put on his regular garments. Then he shall come out and sacrifice the burnt offering for himself and the burnt offering for the people to make atonement for himself and for the people. He shall also burn the fat of the sin offering on the altar. The man who releases the goat as a scapegoat must wash his clothes and bathe himself with water afterward he may come into the camp. The bull and the goat from the sin offerings whose blood was brought into the most holy place to make atonement must be taken outside the camp. Their hides, flesh, and offal are to be burned up. The man who burns them must wash his clothes and bathe himself with water. Afterward he may, afterward, he may come into camp. This is to be a lasting ordinance for you. On the 10th day of the seventh month, you must deny yourself and not do any work, whether native-born or an alien living among you, because on this day atonement will be made for you to cleanse you. Then before the Lord you will be clean from all your sins. It is a Sabbath of rest, and you must deny yourself. It is a lasting ordinance. The priest who is anointed and ordained to succeed his father as high priest, is to make atonement. He is to put on the sacred linen garments and to make atonement for the most holy place, for the tent of meeting and the altar, and for the priest and all the people of the community. This is to be a lasting ordinance for you. Atonement is to be made once a year for all the sins of the Israelites. And it was done as the Lord commanded Moses.
1: Mm -hmm. Thank you, Charlie. Let me start off by saying that it would take a month of Sundays to dig into what we just read, what Charlie just read. There is a lot, a lot there. And I've read this chapter numerous times in my life over the years, but even reading and studying it this week, just like just like the Lord's mercies are new every morning, so are the revelations that come from reading his word. Um, so... What, what I want us to see is uh, just kind of, like I said, just kind of a top level. We're not going to get overly deep, but we're, we're going to look at this uh, Day of Atonement and, and do a, a quick overview of it. So the first thing we want to see here is that it appears that very little time has passed from Aaron's sons dying in chapter 10 and the start of chapter 16. I, it's it says the lord spoke to moses after the death of the two sons of aaron when they were uh when they drew near before the lord and died so i mean it's it's like uh one commentary i read suggested that it may have even been the same day like the guys died they got them out uh chapters 11 through 15 are spoken and then moses is like let's keep moving let's keep doing this and and so the first takeaway is that we're, we're not on our time. We're on God's time. God does not work on our time. We are, we are inside of his time and his plan and his purpose. So he was, he was on this mission of, of purifying his people. And he was not going to be thwarted in any form or fashion. These two guys did the wrong thing. We're going to get them out of the way. We're going to keep moving forward. So the next thing we see is that Aaron... Is to offer a purification or a sin offering for himself and his house. So he takes a bull and he does uh, he, he sprinkles the blood in in the holiest of holies. And then once he does that, he's to take two male goats, and both of those together, two goats together, are to act as this one sin offering for the people of Israel. And so that's that's an interesting change uh, to make note of and remember here because typically. A single bull, or a single sheep, or a single goat, would be offered for the sin offering. But on this day of atonement, we see that the Lord is very specific that it is to be these two male goats offered as one sin offering. And so, need to keep that on top of mind as well. That this is a different sin offering than what we've seen at the beginning of Leviticus. And uh, so, what's what's Aaron supposed to do with these goats? In verses 8 through 10, it tells us, And Aaron shall cast lots over the two goats, uh, one lot uh, for Yahweh and the uh, other lot for Azazel. And Aaron shall present the goat on which the lot fell for Yahweh and use it as a sin offering. But the goat on which the lot fell for Azazel shall be presented alive before Yahweh to make atonement over it. And it shall be sent away into the wilderness to Azazel. So one goat is for Yahweh, for God Almighty. And the other is to carry away the sins of the people into the wilderness. The second goat is often called the scapegoat, as, as Charlie's translation said. So what we see is this first goat, it's flawless, and it's without sin, and there's no blemish on it, and and it's the one who dies and whose blood is taken into the inner sanctum, into the holiest of holies. And it's sprinkled on the mercy seat in the presence of God himself. And this reminds me of what Psalms 24 says. It says, who shall ascend the hill of the Lord and who shall stand in his holy place? We know that there's only one. Only one who's pure and worthy and capable of doing that. So after he sprinkles the blood... Um, it's very specific where he's to sprinkle this blood and so inside of this holiest of holies he's to sprinkle it on the east side of the mercy seat and we see that as he continues to travel east out of the holy place past the veil which has two cherubim like we sung uh, about this morning in the holy 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 these two magnificent angels are on these veils he passes through that veil and he keeps sprinkling and he goes all the way to the altar, sprinkling the blood. And so he's traveling east this whole way. And the symbolism here is really powerful because what he's doing is recreating the path that dates all the way back to the garden. When Adam and Eve sinned and they were removed to the east of the garden and two cherubim, these two mighty angels, were stationed to guard the entrance to the garden. And not long after that, Cain, when he murdered Abel, he and his descendants move further east east representing further and further away from God so he takes this blood and he starts at the foot of God at the mercy seat and he, he purifies moving east to the people these very small details are just amazing and we know that God puts them there for a reason so after the sprinkling of the blood of the first goat we see that Aaron is the place not just one hand but two hands on the head of the second goat and confess over it all the iniquities of the people of Israel, all their transgressions and all their sins. Now, I don't know if you read Dell's uh, email this morning. We didn't discuss this. But he uses the same phrase of all their sins, all their iniquities and all their transgressions. So, he doesn't just say sin here. He doesn't just say iniquities. He goes with all three. So just as the Lord is holy, holy, holy. He is three times holy. We are three times wicked. Man is three times wicked. We we don't have just iniquities. But iniquities and transgressions. We don't have iniquities and transgressions. Just alone. We have iniquities, transgressions and sin. Now what, what I wonder is. I wonder how long this process took, right? So you got this little goat, and you got two hands going on this goat's head, and you're confessing the sins of the entire people group of, of which were the Israelites. And we just got a, a baby goat. Dell gave us a baby goat, and I thought about bringing it in and uh, seeing if anybody here'd be willing to put both hands on it and, and try to recall your sins you know, over the past year. And uh, chances are you'd get about three sins in and then uh, you'd have to start chasing them down and you'd probably be sinning with your mouth the whole time you were chasing them down. So it'd be a vicious cycle. You wouldn't... No, I wouldn't do that to poor little Dauber. He's a, he's a good goat. That's, that's what they named him, Dauber. <laughs> so I have to think that God's hand was on this second goat to allow all the wrath of these people to come on this Goat. Uh, in, in the process that it took, it, it had to be very painfully obvious the inadequacies that everyone felt when they saw what was going on. So all the sins and transgressions and, and iniquities are put on this goat and it is led and let go out in the wilderness. Following that, um, the men that were involved uh, there were several men involved. There was Aaron, and then there was the man of readiness that took the goat out and then there's also a man later on that takes the the uh, remains of the bull and the sheep that were sacrificed in the tent out out of the city and and burns them up so following that the the men that are involved, they wash themselves and they make themselves clean and part of that is taking the the remains of of the first goat outside of the camp and burning it up. Uh, verse 27 says and the bull for the sin offering and the goat for the sin offering whose blood was brought to make an atonement in the holy place shall be carried outside the camp their skin and their flesh and their dung shall be burned up with fire and he who burns them up shall wash his clothes and bathe his body in water and afterwards he may come into the camp this chapter wraps up with verse 34 saying and this is a statute forever for you that atonement may be made for the people of Israel once in the year because of all their sins. And Aaron did as Yahweh commanded Moses. Aaron did as Yahweh commanded Moses. So at this point, you may be saying to yourself, why do we spend so much time on this Old Testament stuff? Uh, The Day of Atonement, we just read, you just read in verse 34 that it was for the Israelites. And I would have to agree that on the surface that yeah, it's at most basic reading, it is for the people of God. But, and this is a major but, when we read the entirety of God's word, it gives us a much larger definition of who God's people are. Starting in Genesis, it says that all nations, all nations will be blessed through the line of Abraham. In Psalms, we read again about All nations belonging to the Lord and being blessed by the Lord. In the Great Commission, Jesus, as he's leaving, as he's ascending back into heaven, he commands his disciples to go to all nations, telling them the good news, preaching and teaching and and baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And then in Romans, we see Paul write in Romans 11 that all nations are seeing this happen. They're experiencing Jesus, they're accepting Jesus, and they're being grafted into the people of God. So if you have called on the name of Jesus and he has saved you, then you are part of God's people and you cannot remove yourself. He has you and he will not let you go. Several years ago, I got pulled over for uh, exceeding the speed limit, posted speed limit here in town on a back road. I know that's hard for some of you to believe. Uh, The police officer came up to the car and said, uh, son, do you know why I pulled you over? I said, yes, sir. Yes, sir, I do. And then he asked me a question that I wasn't expecting. He said, so who are your people? And I was super happy because I know people. I got people. I'm born and raised here. I know plenty of people. Let's talk people. So I started naming every name I knew, all the good ones anyways. And uh, he let me go. He let me go on my way. So when you're in a tight spot, it's good to know the right people. And I'm telling you, we're in a tight spot. <laughs> and there's a day coming when the only thing that's going to matter is if your name is found written in the Lamb's Book of Life and you are a child of God and He is your people and you are His people. So we're going to bring it full circle and close close the loop. First, I want to show you... Uh, just like the first book, of, I mean, I'm sorry, the first verse in uh, Leviticus, what did it say? It said that Moses was outside the tent, that the Lord called Moses and spoke to him from the tent of meeting. Right? So the next, the next book is the book of Numbers. And if you look at the first uh, verse in the book of Numbers, look what it says. Numbers 1 1, it says, The Lord spoke to Moses in the wilderness of Sinai, in the tent of meeting. You see what Yahweh did? He set out to reconcile an unholy people to his holy presence, and he did it. The whole book of Leviticus was for this reason, for this atonement. Did it take place? Absolutely, because at first we see Moses outside the tent. And then in, the, uh, in Numbers, we see that Moses has been welcomed into the tent, into the presence of the Lord. God created a way so that we could draw near, so that the people could draw near to him. So what about us? What about now? What about here and now? And, and once again, remember that verse from Hebrews that said um, in chapter 10 that we read at first, it said, but in these sacrifices, there's a reminder of sin every year. For it is impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sin. This is something that has been happening for year after year after year, decade after decade, century after century, thousands of years. And here's Hebrews. The writer of Hebrews is saying, he's pointing back to this day of atonement, and he's saying this. Let me read it in a fuller context, starting in verse 3 in chapter 10. It says, but in these sacrifices, there is a reminder of sins every year. For it is impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sin. waiting for the time until his enemies could be made a footstool for his feet. For by a single offering, he has perfected for all time those who are being sanctified. Skipping down to 18. Where there is forgiveness of these, there is no longer any offering for sin. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy place, remember that the sanctum, the inner sanctum, the holiest of holies, by the blood of Jesus... By the new and living way that he has opened us for us through the curtain remember the curtain with the cherubim that is through his flesh, and since we have a great priest, he's better than Melchizedek, he is better than Aaron, over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled, sprinkled clean from an evil conscience, and our bodies washed pure with water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stir up one another in love and good works and not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day drawing near. So here and now is this. The sacrificial death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, the Son of God, and the spreading and pouring out of his blood is the fulfillment of the Day of Atonement. We are covered. So what the author of Hebrews is saying this isn't new. We know about the the role of animals and animal sacrifice dating all the way back. But here we see that Jesus has taken it all away. He has covered it all. He is the final lamb slain that takes away the sins of the earth. See Jesus fulfills both roles of both goats on the day of atonement. His blood atones for humanity and makes a way for God and humans to dwell together like the goat offered in the holiest of holies. But also, just like the scapegoat, Jesus, all the sin was put on him and he suffered outside of Jerusalem near a burial plot. And as what we're about to see with communion, at the Last Supper, Jesus merges language from the Passover and the language used in Leviticus describe the blood of sacrificial animals poured out and jesus shows himself as the fulfillment of the passover lamb and the sin offering of the day of atonement so what we're going to do is just move straight into communion and um, i invite you if you're here this morning you don't have to be a church member you just have to know jesus as your lord and savior and we welcome you to take communion with us Um, we're going to have everybody come up one roll at a time Charlie's going to come and cover the elements and uh, we'll have a, a, a song playing and uh, we just ask that you, you join us in communion this morning feel free to come up we'll start at the front
0: self-exalting help me seek your kingdom first as jesus walked so i shall walk held by your same unchanging love be still my soul oh lift your voice and pray father food
1: Twenty two, fourteen says this. And when the hour came, he reclined at the table, speaking of Jesus, and the apostles with him. And he said to them, I have earnestly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. And he took the cup, and when he had given thanks, he said, Take this and divide it among yourselves. For I tell you that from now on I will not drink of the fruit of the vine. Until the kingdom of God comes. And he took the bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And likewise the cup after it, after they had eaten, saying, This cup that has been poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood. Sovereign Lord, we come to you now to take communion. We we thank you for your gift, Jesus. We thank you for the opportunity to remember what you did, just like you just said, just like you spoke to us in your word. Do this in remembrance of me, Lord. We pray that that's what we do in this place this morning, is that we remember all that you have accomplished, Jesus. Holy God, be with us now. Um, may we do this in an honorable way to serve you and to please you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. In 1 Corinthians eleven, twenty-three through 26, it says, For I received from the Lord what I also pass on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took the bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body which is for you, do this in remembrance of me. Dale, will you pray for the bread? In the same way, it says in verse 25, in the same way after supper, he took the cup saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Just like the blood of the lamb, just like the blood of the goats. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Charlie, will you pray for the cup? So just as we read, it says to proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. That's, that's what we are to do. So knowing this, I want to read you a part of the last chapter of the last book of the Bible. It says this. And, and he said to me, the words are trustworthy and true. And the Lord the God of the spirits of the prophets has sent his angels to show his servants what must soon take place. Behold, I am coming soon. Blessed is the one who keeps the words of the prophecies of this book. I, John, am the one who heard and saw these things. And when I heard and saw them, I fell down to worship at the feet of the angel who showed them to me. But he said to me, you must not do that. I am a fellow servant and you and your uh, brothers, the prophets, and with those who keep the words of this book, worship God. And he said to me, Do not seal up the words of this prophecy of this book, for the time is near. Let the evil evildoer still do evil, and let the filthy still be filthy, and the righteous still do right, and the holy still be holy. Behold, I am coming soon, bringing my recompense with me, to repay each one for what he has done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Blessed are those who wash their robes so that they may have the right to, to the tree of life, and that they may enter the city by the gates. Outside are the dogs and the sorcerers and the sexual immoral and the murderers and the idolaters and everyone who loves and practices falsehood. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify to you about these things for the churches. I am the root of the descendant of David and the bright and morning star. The spirit and the bride say, come, and let those who hear say, come, and let the one who is thirsty come, and let the one who desires to take the water of life without price. I warn everyone who hears these words of the prophecy of this book, if anyone adds to them, God will add to him the plagues described in this book. And if anyone takes away from the words of this book of the prophecy, God will take away his share in the tree of life and the holy city, which are described in this book. Jesus, who testifies to these things, says, Surely I am coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with all of you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for today. Uh, Admittedly, Father, I I don't know where we stand in history as far as how soon you will get here or, or it may be delayed even longer, Lord. I don't know. But what I do know is that you are faithful. I do know that you tell us to wait for your coming with anticipation. I do know that you tell us how we are to live, how we are to carry ourselves, and how we are to honor you. Lord, be with us this week. May we do that. May we read your word. May we pray. May we show others love and kindness. May it be all to your glory, Lord. We thank you for your atoning sacrifice, Lord. I, I thank you that we no longer are, are strapped to rituals um, that, we, that had to be performed every year, Lord, but that you were sufficient, Jesus. That by your death, burial, and resurrection, that your blood covered all the sin of this world, covered all my sin, covered all my loved one's sin, covered everyone's here's sin. Uh, all sin can be washed in the blood of the Lamb, and for that I am thankful, Lord. I pray that uh, you're with us as we eat this meal, Lord, um, as, as we discuss uh, opportunities and, and the work you have for us as a church, Lord. May we be faithful and uh, we, we pray that you do not remove your lampstand from this place, but you continue to use us and use us up. In your name, Jesus.